On round two, let's say good morning to Tim Hudak, former leader of the Ontario Conservatives. He's now at the Ontario Real Estate Association. News Talk 1010's Adjua Insia Yubois and Pamela Palmater is here, lawyer, professor, and activist. Good morning to y'all. And obviously, we start with the scandal in Ottawa. Let's listen. This is Handong, the uh, Liberal oh, MP, formerly Liberal MP, uh, who stepped out of caucus yesterday amid allegations from unnamed sources that he actually told the Chinese Consul General in Toronto that China should hold on to the two Michaels, Canadian citizens they were holding hostage. I have never, and I will never, and would never advocate or support the violation of the basic human rights of any Canadian, of anyone, anywhere, period. I want to assure Mr. Michael Spravert and Mr. Michael Covert and their families that I did nothing to cause them any harm. Like everyone in this house, I worked hard and advocated for their interest as a parliamentarian. Uh, Pamela Palmater, I'll start with you. I mean, explosive uh, it doesn't begin to describe this, if true. Yeah, I mean... If true, there are so many implications for this, not just in terms of international relations and the political aspect in terms of, you know, how many points Trudeau will go down, but also the societal backlash against Chinese Canadians because people, like they do against every other racialized group, will make a stereotype out of uh, that person if it's true, even if it's not true, uh, like we've seen during COVID against uh, Asian people. So it's it's so concerning on, on so many factors. One can only hope it's not true, but I think this is going to stick to him either way. Yeah, Adjua, one of the, the, you know, sort of the unfortunate aspects of this scandal is, I don't know if there's any way to prove it's true and there's no real way to prove it's not true i know because it's an unnamed source right so you have no idea of backing this up but you want to go with the two unnamed sources because that's how journalism works but um for the for the mp that's had to step down like pamela said if this is true the ramifications of this are crazy and for the two michaels what are they thinking they were trying to get out and if this person did engage with the Chinese government on that level, then then that's real problems. That means there was interference and, and that goes down a whole slippery slope of what that looks like. It's it's actually scary when you think about it. So I just we just gotta wait till the investigation is done and hopefully we get a name source if that ever happens or somebody else comes comes in and and um, ends up making sure that we find out what's happening is actually true and it's not just a lot of hearsay. Handong has uh, a past at Queen's Park, so I think Tim Hudak, you must have known him. I've known Handong for about a decade, uh, John. Uh, I always got along well with him, like like the guy, even though we're in different parties. And uh, I, it, I, I feel awful, right? I, when I read the story last night and then heard the audio on more in the morning this morning, it. It caught my breath. Um, I desperately hope this isn't uh, isn't true, and I, I feel for him. The worst speeches that um, you have to sit in the assembly or parliament to hear, John, are resignation speeches because 
no matter the wars you may have verbally, you, you just feel for people. You are colleagues at the end of the day. And look, I'd be pissed if I were him too with, with the way this has been handled. Scandals will go deeper and they will go wider. And I think the uh, hemming and hawing by the Prime Minister, the way he didn't address this at the beginning, do a public inquiry that can clear names or find guilt, just has prolonged this and, and hung him out to dry. If, if he did it, Punishment should be should be made, of course, if if he didn't clear his name. But but this lollygagging by the prime minister and handling a very serious issue has made this much deeper and harder on him. Okay, let me stick with you for a moment, Tim Hudak, because you did spend time at Queen's Park. And it's budget day in Ontario. I don't know that there's much we can say. There are a couple of things that have been leaked out, including the end to paid sick days and the possibility that Toronto's getting a big goose egg. Uh, we'll know it for for sure, but what's your prediction? Yeah, I wouldn't expect this see anything for Toronto municipalities uh, as a whole on, on COVID cost hangover. That's got to be negotiated by the next mayor of Toronto in conjunction with the mayors, and there's got to be trade-offs as well, like if they build more housing the province wants to see, they'll get a more uh, receptive audience at Queen's Park. That's for a later day. N- knowing Minister Beth and Falvey and, and the approach of the government, I think this will be as steady as she goes. I am hoping, John, that we'll see some fiscal restraint after years of underspending and get to get us closer to balance and maybe pay down some of that borrowing. Themes I expect, infrastructure investments, building hospitals, schools, highways, transit, very much part of Premier Ford's build. In tandem with that, more on the skilled trades, make sure we can actually do this and good jobs for people. And, and of course, home ownership, a big one that we drive, the Ontario Real Estate Association. Last thing, I bet some break for small business. I mean, while, while government agencies and municipalities can get handouts, what about helping out the small business that had suffered through a number of years get back on their feet in a promising future? Okay, let's move to the municipal race in Toronto. And Adjua, it's getting to the point where it's a little dizzying because it seems like everybody <laughs> wants to run or is being told to run. So now we have uh, Mitzi Hunter, who is a, a Liberal MPP. She's resigning from that. She'll run. Uh, people are pushing for Olivia Chow. And uh, Frank D'Angelo of the uh, <laughs> self-financed talk show Being Frank has also announced he's going to run. Uh, I've actually, um, like on nights coming home from a bar, have tuned into that show just as a comedy thing. It's it's actually something to see. Uh, I, I'm surprised he's running, but I'm not surprised he's running because it's a cavalcade of people that every day people are popping up and they want to put their bid in for the mayor of Toronto. And this race is because it's so overcrowded. How are each of these individual candidates going to stand out? and make a name for themselves. There's people that do have name power, like Mitzi Hunter, um, maybe if Olivia Chow runs, Anna Bailao. It just, I just don't know, when it comes right down to it, people are almost going to get, if you're voting, the person that wins could get maybe 20% of the vote and end up becoming the mayor of Toronto, which is not a majority by any means because this race is so crowded. We want a number of candidates, but I don't know if we want this number of candidates. We definitely have the choice in selection, but it's going to be a wild and crazy race. And I I don't even think it's ended in who's going to come forward next. So no, it's a cavalcade. And uh, Pamela, (laughs) it almost makes you wish that we had a runoff system because uh, was right. We could end up with somebody because I mean, you know, somebody could be elected with 20% of the vote with 50% turnout. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everything she just said, it's so true. And it almost makes a mockery of Toronto. And it's not like Toronto and uh, Ontario in general haven't been the subject of late night shows of scorn and criticism and making fun of during the whole 
you know, Ford and Ford issues. But now, I mean, are people just going to keep doing it? I know there's this concept that, you know, send people in there to divide the vote and, and all of those other things, or maybe this is just for, you know, name recognition. But at the end of the day, that really does hurt Toronto. Toronto's hurting right now, and it really needs someone who's got, you know, strong leadership, confidence by the people, and, and someone who's going to work for the people. And who knows? It's effectively a crap sh- a lottery right now. Yeah, Tim Hudak, when people ask me to make my predictions, I have no freaking idea. No, it's fun. It's fun. Look, it's, we can be so fussy. Eh? And usually in elections, we say, hey, there's not enough choice. Or, I want somebody else to know. <laughs> there's too many choices. I, I'm excited. It's like walking through the fully stocked produce section of the grocery store that just got in the shipment. I'm not going to squeeze anything, but I'm going to check it out. I'm, I'm happy we have so many choices. Kudos to Mitzi Hunter, by the way. This, this is gutsy. So she's giving up a sure thing by giving up her seat in the Ontario legislature to run. I like that as a rule. You shouldn't be in both places at once like that. So God bless her for making that call, if accurate. Olivia Chow should stay in the sidelines. One of the arts in politics and sports is when you hang up the skates and you don't try to lace them up and get back on the ice. you got to know when your time is there. So good for Mitzi. Olivia should continue doing what she's doing uh, very well uh, in retirement. Um, new don't feed the animals laws will come into effect on the 1st of April. And Pamela, this, I mean, ostensibly, it's to control coyotes and foxes and animals like that. But I think we all know somebody or have a neighbor who puts kibble out for wild animals. And it's, uh, you know, it's a, more than a public nuisance. Yeah, I mean, it's not good for the animals. You, you see people of all kinds and backgrounds leaving not just kibble, but all kinds of food, things that aren't healthy for any of those things, birds or wildlife or whatever. But then to keep attracting them to your neighborhood, it's dangerous for small children, it's dangerous for other pets and animals uh, that are around. And and it just, it always boggles my mind how much attention people will be to feeding the wildlife as if they're creating some kind of zoo in their backyard, as opposed to actually feeding human beings who are suffering in Toronto not right now and don't have enough food to eat. But it's also a safety concern. Yeah, absolutely. And Tim Hudak, I'd like to keep the coyotes away from my neighborhood because they regard my dog as finger food. Yeah, I'm hardcore, John. Now look, you want my vote in the city of Toronto mayor race, so all those listening about to declare raccoon and coyote and culling policy. Never mind, don't feed the animals. Get rid of the excess. And to those, here's a bonus, John, to those who actually go out and feed kibble to coyotes and raccoons, they must be forced to actually live with those animals inside their house or apartment for at least one month as punishment. All right, but Adjua, there's actually videos of people who do keep raccoons inside the house. Yes. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know what? It is an actual thing. People have a sort of fetish for raccoons they feed them they bring them in but they don't understand they're unruly and they will multiply and they will take over your home so uh, yeah with this whole feeding thing it's stop doing it don't do it because when you do it you just create more chaos and a lot of these animals they bring bigger animals which could even be uh, coyotes to your house and that's not a good thing for the environment or people. Okay, not enough time on the clock to get into a new topic, so I'm going to call it there and thank Adjua and Sia Yabois, Tim Hudak, and Pamela Palminter. And yeah, it was only this morning. I mean, occasionally I'm hopping through uh, Twitter 
during a break, and I came across uh, a raccoon hugging a cat. And I suppose it looked <laughs> cute, but it kind of terrified me. Um, so listen, thanks everybody for listening, and do not forget, this is National Puppy Day, so happy National Puppy Day to all who celebrate.